right. Well, everyday wisdom, because we need wisdom every day, right? This is our message series. This is our third week in this. We've been uh, going through the letter of James, uh, Jesus' half-brother that uh, had some things that he needed to get off his chest, some things he needed to write to fellow believers uh, around him and within his own church, a very poor church, by the way. And that's going to come into play here today as James is going to be talking about the rich and the poor. Um, And this is something really personal to him as he has sat and meditated on his own scriptures, and he's meditated on the teachings of Jesus. We're going to see that connect here back and forth today um, with what he's going to lay out here for us. And uh, I want us to get in the mindset uh, that, that James could see. Uh, what was happening in his day is still happening in our day. It's not that distant. It's not that hard for us to see it. So I want to kind of give you some pictures that will show that. So here's the first picture I want you to get in your mind right here. This is an aerial photo uh, of a... Uh, place in our world, okay? I'm not going to tell you where it is because that is not the point. Uh, It's in our world. And uh, you see on one side, those are nice homes. You got a lot of green space. They're well-developed. And then the other side is all just all put together, thrown together, whatever. This is an aerial photo, people. I know it looks like a Photoshopped image where these two differing things are put together, but there's a thin wall that divides these two things. Um, and you want to see, uh, let's see a street view picture. The next picture is the same kind of area, and this is from the street view spot, right? Still, looks like Photoshop together, right? It's, it's hard for us to believe that this is really uh, so blatant uh, between the rich and the poor, right? It's hard for us to, 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 to think that way. Well, here's another one. Here's our third picture here, uh, another aerial photo, and now you can see even more, right? Another this is a different place in our world, um, and you can see nice, organized area, housing development, a lot of green space, and then uh, on the left side there, guys, that's not trash on the beach. Those are people's homes, that they've taken stuff together to build little shacks, and they leave and look at it, they're just all stuck together, okay? That's, that's the third one. Uh, if you're still not convinced, a little skeptical, here's one that has been the hardest one for me to look at. Uh, here's the, third, uh, the fourth image here. Yeah, this is a real place, people. Uh, you've got the nice little high-rise of apartments. They've got balconies. Some of those balconies have pools in them. Uh, you can see uh, that there's a wall. There is an actual wall that goes along the tennis courts all the way back to the pool. If you look way real close at the top, it wraps around the pool. Do you see that? That's the same wall that comes down along the side and keeps out that other part, the other half of it. Do you see that? This is, this is really what's happening here, right? There, there's walls that are dividing the rich and the poor, blatantly trying to keep out one group of people from the other, dividing them up and not wanting to mix them and mingle them together. Um, James is going to talk about this. James is going to address this issue of how well we build walls. We are good wall builders. And, it, and you may think about this um, just in your own life, the walls that we're building up. And he's going to address some of the deep down things that cause us to build these walls that divide us. As we focus on wealth or the lack thereof, it could go either way for us. And he wants to bring us into a view that's actually going to unite us and set us free. 
because this, these pictures, these pictures are pictures of how human beings rule and reign in their own kingdoms, okay? It's this, this is the human kingdom ruling and reigning on earth apart from God, all right? Not partnering with God at all. And I'll tell you what, we do a good job of this. And when you look at our world the way that it is now today, just think about any type of division that you might look at in our world today and the walls that are being built up between the dividing factors, the two different sides or multiple different sides. We're really good at building walls. But so James is seeing this and he wants to point us in another direction. So are you ready to go on this journey with me? Let's take a look at this first verse. We're going to look at James chapter 1, verses 9 and 10. We're going to spend some time here because he did a really cool thing here. It's a parallel. There's two different thoughts or two things he's put together side by side because he's bringing it all together, okay? So here's what it says, James 1, 9. Believers who are poor have something to boast about, for God has honored them. And believers who are rich should boast that God has humbled them. They will fade away like a flower in the field. We'll get to that part in a second, that last little thing, because it seems strange. Um, but this is part of his reflection on some teaching that Jesus had given. But the, the first two lines, that, that is a parallel thing. Did you see it? I, I read it on purpose to show it and point it out, right? There's believers there. Some are rich and some are poor. And those believers each have something to boast about, don't they? And that boasting, what they're boasting about is something that God is doing, the way that God rules and reigns and in inviting them into his rule and reign, right? Into God's kingdom focus by honoring one. So you've got some that are in low circumstances, humble circumstances, they're poor. And what is God going to do with those that are in humble circumstances? He's going to lift them up. He's going to honor them. And the, the rich believers in the, his community, what's going to happen with them? How, could, how should they boast? Well, for some reason, it's good news. It's something to boast about that they will be humbled because for some reason, they're going to fade away. So he's trying to dismantle the wall that's put up between the, the rich and the poor, right? The rich that are there and saying, look, at this is the stuff that we have. We have power and authority. We want to make sure we keep our power and authority, and so we will keep away from the poor. And the poor going, we don't have anything. We need to get from what they've got and give it to us. But there's this wall in between. This is not a message about how everything should just be equal. In fact, it's, it's much different than that. It's a focus on who we're really, whose kingdom we're really choosing to live in, actually, is the way I want to say that, okay? Whose kingdom are you choosing? Are your own kingdom, whether you're rich or poor, and what you can get out of it or what you need out of it, or in God's kingdom, and he views things very differently? Can you see things the way that God will see him? That being humbled is actually a good thing, just like being honored if you are in humble circumstances. So now what about this last line? Why are they, why are they boasting about um, being humble, right? They're going to fade away like a flower in the field. This, this is something that James has meditated on and thought through. And uh, so here's what he says in verse 11. The hot sun rises and the grass withers. The little flower droops 
and fall, and its beauty fades away. In the same way, the rich will fade away with all of their achievements, all the things that you've gained in this world as a rich person, it's all going to be gone. Yay. What? Right? I, I don't understand. I don't understand what you're saying. Well, he's been meditating on something that Jesus had taught in his Sermon on the Mount. See if you can hear the similarity. Uh, Matthew chapter 6, verse 28 through 30. And why worry about your clothing? Look at the lilies of the field and how they grow. They don't work or make their clothing, yet Solomon in all his glory was not dressed as beautiful as they are. And if God cares so wonderfully for the wildflowers that are here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. Why do you have so little faith, so little trust, so little belief in this God that you claim to say you have faith and trust in? You are a rich believer or you are a poor believer. You have your trust in this God who rules and reigns in this world and inviting you into his kingdom to see things the way that you do. But when you're focused on what you have or don't have, you've missed God's kingdom. You start living in your own kingdom. Why do you have such little trust in this God? This is the connection that James is making here. And he, he's going to expound on this even more. As he gets to the end of his letter, he's been meditating and reflecting on some of his own scripture as well as more um, teachings from Jesus and what he's trying to get at. Right? So do you, do you hear right now that it's more than just about rich and poor? Because it is. It's much deeper than just about rich and poor. It's about all things that divide us because we start trying to rule and reign our own kingdom apart from God. We're, we're not focused on how God wants us to live and rule and reign and be in relationship with one another. So to protect the way that we do things, we build up walls, okay? Now, James is going to lay a heavy hand on us here, especially the rich people. So if you're rich people in the room, uh, get ready. It's going to be a, a punch in the gut here. But it's a reflection on Jesus' teachings. So see if you can hear it. See if you can even pick up on what teaching it might be from Jesus, okay? So here's what he says, verse uh, 1 through 6 of chapter 5. Look here, you rich people. Again, if you're rich people, you should be going, uh-oh, right? Look here, you rich people. Weep and groan with anguish because of all the terrible troubles ahead of you. What are the terrible troubles, right? They're going to fade away, those types of things. Your wealth is rotting away, and your fine clothes are moth-eaten rags. Your gold and silver are corroded. The very wealth you were counting on will eat away your flesh like fire. <laughs> James, like, dang, James, can you calm down for a minute, right? The corroded treasure you hoarded will testify against you on the day of judgment. For listen, hear the cries of the field workers whom you have cheated of their pay, the cries of those who harvest your fields and have reached the ears of the Lord of heaven's armies. You have spent your years on earth in luxury, satisfying your desire your every desire. You have fattened yourselves for the day of slaughter. You have condemned and killed innocent people. 
who do not resist you. Right? Now, all, all the rich people in the room, shame on you. Right? But you don't feel this way, right? We don't feel like this is what we're doing. But do you see he's getting at something really deep as he's reflected on some teachings of Jesus? He, he's seeing that there's something down at the core of us. We mistreat each other because it doesn't please us to be in relationship with us. There's some kind of difference that's happening between us, rich and poor, and those poor people are going to try to get what I want, so I need to protect it, and I need to focus on getting what I want, and therefore, I tend to view people in a different way. Therefore, my use in gaining something else. Now, if you have ever struggled with any of addiction, name your addiction, you know what this is like. Using other people to get something that you want. If you, um, maybe even in your own family, the way in which you parent, you use your authority to control other people, kids, significant other, to get the things that you want because that brings you pleasure because it's best for you. You are gaining something out. This is your kingdom that you're building. Okay? It's way beyond rich and poor. This is the example that he's using. You can plug in anything you want with this, anything that divides us as people. Just use your imagination and see if in the last year there's been anything that you've seen as divisive between people. What's at the root core of this? People wanting to build their own little kingdom and keep it to themselves. And if you agree with them, then you can be in my wall. But if you don't, I'm going to keep you outside of my wall. We are really good at building walls, aren't we? We're really good at categorizing people and putting them in a place that we think we understand them so that we can feel good about ourselves because we're trying to protect our little kingdom. This is what, this is what James is saying, okay? And it's really harsh, but it's a reflection on what Jesus said, and you're probably going to like what Jesus says a lot better, okay? Uh, and, and so here's what Jesus says and what he's reflecting on. See if you can see the connection. Matthew chapter 6, 19. Don't store up treasures here on earth where moths eat them and rust destroys them and where thieves break in and steal, because we don't want that to happen, right? Store your treasures in where? Come on, heaven, right? Whose who's kingdom? God's kingdom, right? Sure, your Store your treasures in heaven where moths and rust cannot destroy and thieves do not break in and steal. And here's the punchline. Wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will also be. It's a heart issue. What is bringing me pleasure? What is fulfilling the desire of my heart? What way do I want my life to be or solve this life? All of you have a plan for this world that would fix it. You all do. I do too, right? We all do. And if everything went the way that your little idea or my little idea of that kingdom would go, peace on earth, man. It'd be the best thing ever, right? Right here. Because I think I'm right. Because I think I know how to rule best. And I think if people lived in my kingdom, everything would be groovy, right? It'd be great. The desire of my heart is a heart issue 
deep down inside. And, and when we do this on our own apart from God, we get ourselves in big trouble. All we do is build walls. All we do is build walls. In fact, our world, the way it is right now, today, that's on us. It's exactly the way we wanted to create it. So that everyone can have their own little sections and little walls and built up and division and feel good about it. Because we rule and reign on our own. But here's a newsflash. We really suck at it. <laughs> this is horrible, right? The division and the way that we bring down other people because, I don't know, they're not like me or they think differently than I do and we just cannot be in the same room or relationship. Think about this in your own homes. I'm going to lighten it up a little bit, okay? Think about this in your own homes. What's the number one thing between uh, married couples that divide them? The thermostat. <laughs> you laugh, but you know I'm right, right? Everyone, if you could have full control and authority in your kingdom, and what temperature would you have it set at? Right? And you go and you fight about it and turn about this and you secretly do it this way and that way. You put apps on your phone so you can control it when you're not even there. <laughs> not that I've done that, but like, listen, right? That's just a really light way in which we try to rule and reign over something because it brings me comfort. It brings me pleasure. It, it satisfies me. And this is what's best for me. And if it's not best for you, then you can be on the outside of my wall. So what do we do, right? What can we do about this whole thing? James and John want to, to, or James and Jesus want to bring us to a place that we can actually find some kind of way forward. But it's going to get ugly first because we're going to have to take a deep, hard look at ourselves and our own desires and our own things. And that's where James is going to go with this, Okay. He's going to bring us into this place, but he's got a punchline at the end that's connected with, again, another teaching of Jesus, okay? He's been reflecting on this. So we're going to look at James chapter 4, starting in verse 1. What is, what is causing the quarrels and fights among you? Don't they come from the evil desires at war within you? Didn't he just talk about this? The desires of your heart, right? They're, they're not in the right direction, but it's going to get really personal here, okay? Verse 2. You want what you don't have, so you scheme and kill to get it. You are jealous of what others have, but you can't get it, so you fight and wage war to take it away from them. You don't have what you want because you don't ask God for it. Stop there for a second. You haven't been even seeking what God wants, right? You haven't even asked God for it. You just made up in your own heart and mind what would be best for you and the people around you and your whole community and all of that. You've done it for yourself. So he's saying, like, you don't have it because you don't ask God for it. But guess what? When you ask God for it, here he's just going to punch us right in the heart right here. Verse 3, and even when you ask, you don't get it because your motives are all wrong. You want only what will give you pleasure. Who pleasure? You pleasure. Give God pleasure? No. Give your neighbor pleasure? No. Give you pleasure. You're focused on you. What's going to give you pleasure? And if you are a believer in Jesus, right, there's a relationship with God that you're supposed to have had to be focused on his kingdom rule and reign, that he's invited you to be a part of that. And when you're not a part of that, 
what does James call you? Verse 4. You adulterers. You're cheating on God. Right? You adulterers. Don't you realize that friendship with the world makes you an enemy of God? The way in the wor- which the world is right now, ruling and reigning apart from God, that's what he's talking about. When you are a friend with that, you're an enemy of God. I say it again because the first time wasn't harsh enough. If you want to be a friend of the world, you make yourself an enemy of God. Do you think the scriptures have no meaning? They say that God is passionate, that the spirit he has placed within us should be faithful to him. And he gives grace generously. As the scriptures say, and here's a reflection on his own scriptures, God opposes the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. Are you seeing a theme here at all? What does he do with the rich? He humbles them. And the humble, those that are humbled, in the humble circumstance, what's he do? He lifts them up and he honors them, right? But who is the one in control of that? God is the one in control of that. It's his rule and his reign for this. Um, So what's the connection with Jesus? What's his teaching? Here it is, verse, uh, chapter 5 of Matthew, verse 5. God blesses those who are humble, he blesses them, for they will inherit what? The whole earth. You're sitting there worried about what you've got and you want to keep a hold of it and not let anybody else have it? What you're gaining, you're just going to lose. It's going to fade away. And if you don't have anything and you want it, so you're trying to get it from someone else, it's not going to happen. But if you are humble, what do you gain? The whole world. You gain it all. In God's kingdom, you gain everything. It sets you free. It expands on it. So what do we do? Right? If, if this being humble is the point, right, it, with all the division to tear down and dismantle all the walls that we build up, it takes being humbled. So how do we do it? What does that look like? Well, thankfully, James has done some good reflecting on this, and he is giving us some guidance. This is what we all need to do. If you've built up a wall, if you've got some way in which you have um, wanted to live life your own way apart from God, even if you think that it's God's way, then you need to listen to this. James chapter 4, verse 7. So humble yourselves before God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Resist the devil. Those evil motives, right? Resist that and he'll flee from you. They'll go away. Come close to God because you're far away and God will come close to you. Wash your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts for your loyalty is divided between God and the world. So your way of doing things and God's way of doing things. Let there be tears for what you have done. Let there be sorrow and deep grief. Let there be sadness instead of laughter and gloom instead of joy. I'm not going to leave it there, okay? This is, this is the point. This is the thing that he's trying to get us to, to do and to say and to be about. Verse 10, humble yourselves before the Lord and he will lift you up in honor. If you are a person in humble circumstances, and you see a great divide, and you see that wall, and you're like, I just can't get through that wall. I can't get over that wall. Or you're so focused on what you don't have that if you would 
humble yourself and put your focus in on God and run to God, draw yourself close to God, be near God, rule, be a part of God's kingdom, rule and reign the way that he invites you into participating with him, then it opens up all kinds of things for you. He's going to lift you up in honor. Maybe you're the one that has these big walls that you've put up. You've developed these great walls to keep other people out, to make sure that you keep what you have, that you protect yourself or your family or however you want to convince yourself. And you keep your little group together. But it's nothing but a big wall. Could you invite God and draw close to God to humble yourself and go like, God, all this stuff is going to fade away. I don't even have control over all of this stuff. I'm going to let it go. I'm going to humble myself and let you be God because I'm not God. I'm wanting to partner with you and live in this kingdom way that you want us to live in this kingdom. That's what I'm inviting you to do. That's what I'm inviting, James is inviting you to do. Uh, I see this play out so uh, much in my own life. I'm just going to reflect on this. Um, My biggest struggle is that when I have authority as a parent, I think my way of ruling and reigning over my kids is the right way. And it's done, it done nothing but cause problems. It drives them away. Uh, they say things like, why is dad so strict all the time? Why does he get upset about things? Because they're not doing what I tell them to do, right? Let's be honest. But is that really being a parent the way God is asking me to be a parent? No, it's my own idea. It's my own way of going about it. And so I, I just humbly confess my own sin with that, right, of trying to take it over. And I I want God, I want to be in God's kingdom. I want to rule and reign with God, not just on my own. I don't need to build any more walls. I need to start dismantling them.